0: All right. Hi. Welcome back to the Salt Light in the city. Um, We hope you guys are having a great Easter season, a great week, and a great weekend. I'm back here with Andy. What's up? Letting you guys know you're seen, you're heard, and you're loved. And uh, we can start in prayer as we always do in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us here today, gathering us here on this beautiful weekend this bright sunny weekend we thank you for everything that you revealed to us and given us from our sufferings to our greatest joys we recognize that all of it is a gift from you and we ask saint paul saint paul we ask for your intercession help us to see through our enclosed eyes enlighten us with your words and help us keep them close to our hearts Lead us to our strength, which is him when we feel weak, because his power is made perfect in weakness. Shine your light and we will follow. We ask all this through the name of our risen Lord Jesus Christ, who is Lord forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia. St. Paul, pray for us. Pray for us. St. John Paul II, pray for us. So, we're here. Andy, how are you doing? How are you doing this week?
1: Doing great, dude. It's been It's been good. How about you? Yeah. Good enough, man. Good yeah. enough.
0: Yeah, it's been sort of an up and down for me, at least on this on the weekend. I don't know if I I told you, but I got a during my my game, I got like smacked in the head by the ball.
1: Oh shoot! Full man.
0: full shot. Dang. <laughs> um, I'm doing I'm doing okay. Hopefully, I'll be able to, to practice tomorrow. We'll see. But yeah, that kind of just I was like, damn.
1: Yeah, that's tough.
0: <laughs> but if you guys have been paying attention to the Instagram you might know that this weekend is about my testimony and it's kind of come to my attention that as I'm listening to the episodes back that we're, we're a bit on the edge of too preachy and it's not, we're not, obviously we don't intend to be yeah. right. But we, we also want to make it to where it's more of a conversation where it's more relatable. And I figured, well, Now that we've got a lot of the introductory, more general topics out of the way, one of the best ways we can do that is tell you guys how each one of us on the team kind of got to our faith, right? You share our testimony. So, yeah, I mean, jumping into the episode, I said that our saint of the week is St. John Paul II. He's, He's just been a pretty big presence in my life this year. I feel like I've said a lot about Paul already as it is so for me JP 2 it's just especially this year really made his presence known like from the beginning of the year going to seek seeing how the, the the impact that the church has on the youth when the church when the youth allow the church to have that sort of impact you know because that's a man who did so much the youth of the church and replace the focus on the youth of the church with the creation of something like the youth catechism you know Mm. Uh, that was probably one of the biggest things that helped me growing up as a kid because if you give a middle schooler a full-blown catholic catechism like how much are they really going to do with it you know so and thankfully um hopefully this is something we can capture or talk about later on in the year but Alora and myself have the gift to be able to go to World Youth Day this year. in in Lisbon. That's awesome. And yeah, we're we're super stoked. We're super excited. And I'm super jealous. <laughs> 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 Bro, do you know who you know who Jason Everett is, right? Yeah. yeah. You know who Chris Stefanick is? Yeah. I've I've, you know,
1: I've seen Chris I've met Chris Vannick before.
0: We're going with both of them. That's sick for the whole week, bro. <laughs> no, they're great. They're awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've talked with, with Jason a couple times. I've seen Christopher give a talk, but yeah, yeah, it's like, dude. No, they're we're, great. We're we're so we're so hyped. We're so ready, and we just I just find it like so fitting. It's funny because at the um, beginning of the year, and a a bit for the past say year or so, I've been struggling to to keep my head in with soccer, right? I know obviously I'm a good talent, like I know that, but really questioning like, okay, you know, I'm here at UD, what's what's my future looking like with soccer? Is this the end? Is this, you know, where I, the place that I'd hang up the boots? And it's just one of those things that really, I don't know, it weighs, it weighs heavy on my mind, but it's so funny because my mom shared with me, like, I don't know if I, it wasn't a tweet, but someone tweeted a quote from JP 2 He said, of all unimportant things that God has instituted, football, soccer, football is the number one most unimportant thing. <laughs> and I was just like, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, and so <laughs> in that regard, he's kind of been, a big help in keeping me uh, stay on the pitch and just keep playing and help me realize like well it doesn't matter you know where it takes me what matters the most is that I, I love the game God God helped me get on the pitch and I always consider the pitch to be like my second church and when I'm on the pitch I worship God the way he was he's, he's meant to and I add that in my prayer before every practice but it's something that really took me a while to, to get around to, but JP2, yeah, I mean, that's, that's my testimony in regards to him, he's, everyone has their own story with him, right, like, I mentioned Jason Everett, I think one of his pictures on, on his website is him getting, receiving confession from, from JP2, I think, or a blessing or some sort, so it's, it's pretty, it's pretty sick, it's pretty sick, that man is, incredible yeah mean it's incredible I mean
1: <laughs> yeah it's just it's interesting and it's all about like our priorities and I think it's like on the realization like hey like are these things that we are choosing to make like the number one priority in our life is that what's really taking us far mm-hmm. you know what I mean and yeah, yeah like the same same thing for me and and playing here at, at the university it's like yeah, like right now, this is the number one priority. <laughs> but is this going to be the number one priority for the rest of my life? It's like no. Yeah. So that means that this is just kind of like a not practice, but it's a preparation. Yeah. Like if you can, I don't know. The way I see it, it's like use these like these months of like training and and all of this to like okay, be ready to to work and be responsible and be held accountable for different things that you'll need in the future. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure.
0: It's one of those things that it's like, all right, this is where it's at right now. How is it going to carry itself over into the future? And like, are you willing to practice those things? Are you willing to apply those sort of things? And honestly, that speaks to my whole testimony in general. So why don't we get started with that? The verse of the week, it'll, it'll play in. I'll get to it eventually. But just for preface, it's 2 Corinthians twelve eight to 10. So if you want to open your Bible, go look at that. Just keep it in mind. I'll get to it later. So, all right. Well, when I was growing up, I mean, I'm, I'm Filipino, and it's pretty common that our cultural religion is Catholicism. We were like a lot of other places in the world taken by the Spaniards, by Magellan specifically, who we take credit for killing. Uh, I don't know if that's something to be happy about, but, but yeah, so we were settled uh, by the Spaniards, and so they brought Catholicism with them, and that's something that is deeply rooted into our culture. A lot of people have a lot of different opinions about it, like, oh, they're culturally Catholic, not deeply Catholic, which... I mean, we have a couple saints, so I kind of think that, like, it, it doesn't matter. You could say that about any Latino culture, I kind of feel like, but at the same time, there's always, you, like, you see in the saints that come out of Latino cultures to be some of, like, the most powerful mm. saints, you know, so, but yeah, that was me, small, not so small because Filipino families aren't small. But I mean, it was it was we we're a hum- we're a humble family, right? We, in terms of Catholicism, cradle Catholic. We just did went to Sunday mass for me. I remember very vividly, like sleeping in one mass, and you know, when when I slept, I was, I don't know how old I was. It was like four, f- f- like three and. My aunt or my uncle was like carrying me to communion and I was taking a nap. And I I didn't feel like I was doing anything wrong. Now, obviously, three or four years old, like you're not going to think you're doing anything wrong. But what I mean to say is that there was like a very deep sense of peace there. Sleeping in mass is probably one of the biggest no-nos we could do. But still, even as a child, like being able to feel that sort of peace in in his presence. Like a lot of people don't even feel that during something like adoration, right? Let alone the mass, because there's so much to focus on. Although it's said that obviously a lot of people could feel that sort of peace. I don't know. I'm just saying like as a kid, that peace that I felt was, when I look back on the rest of my life, seemingly a rare moment that I felt that sort of peace and i went to a public school when i was like in kindergarten and going up to around 3rd grade and then i moved to a private school and this was a pretty big move this was a pretty big move and the reason that is is because i don't know if i've told this story before on the podcast but when i was 5 years old i we i prayed the saint michael cuz me and my brother used to pray it before we we go to bed but we i prayed the saint michael and then i went to sleep And I saw, I had like a dream of angels fighting demons. And it was sort of like, just like, whoa, it was a nightmare. I thought it was a nightmare. I would still consider it a nightmare, but I kind of took that. I'm like, okay, I'm not praying to St. Michael anymore. And for like four or five years, I didn't pray to St. Michael, Hmm. which is crazy which is like I was so scared that I would I would have another nightmare if I prayed it. And going into 4th grade I moved to a private Catholic school, one because my brother was there and I wanted to follow him, but also because I was I was deeply interested about the faith. I was genuinely interested like no, I want to learn more about what this this faith in Catholic thing is about, why we go to mass, why we receive this piece of bread and why so many of us actually come here to to church, to a church to to do all of this. And the the school was really small. We had a class of fifty kids. How big was your class?
1: You think that's small? (laughs) Oh you had like twelve, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was like I was like like small. I was like, okay, like let's see fifty. I was like (laughs) (laughs) hmm (laughs) Sorry, Enzo. I don't know about that. (laughs) No, you're good. You're good. You're good.
0: (laughs) Hey, for a public school, well, I'll get there eventually. But my my public school, my public high school had a 1,000 kids per class. Yeah, that's crazy. That's 4,000 in total throughout the whole school. (laughs) Anyways, back to my middle school self. That's a class (laughs) of 50. I consider it small. And I always considered myself to be like a public school kid, right? Like I could be a public school kid and lay low. I wouldn't get in trouble. I would have really good grades, I'd do my own thing, but put that, quote-unquote, public school kid in a private Catholic school, and, well, he gets into a lot of trouble, and so I got into a lot of trouble, and it came to the point where that became a defining factor of me, like, I became trouble, and is because genuinely, I was low-key bored. I was low-key bored. Like, I threw myself into, like, a lot of drama. Um, But there were also, like, genuine times where I'd have questions. I'd be asking, like, my classmate next to me, like, wait, what's that say on the board? And they'd be like, stop talking. I'm like, whoa. (laughs) Whoa. I'm just, I'm asking for some clarification. I'm like, (laughs) anyways. that, That trouble, again, trouble became me. It became such a defining point. Of myself, and it's important to note because when I was in the fifth grade, I asked God to show me what true suffering was. I've said this so many times on the podcast. Be careful what you ask for. But had I not asked God to show me what true suffering was, I don't think I would actually have started this podcast. To be honest, because He's shown me things that I that like are just. Beyond myself that i I can't even begin to comprehend and that that's when the comparison started coming in because uh, I see just in in the general in my general life when I was in Austin and even still here in Dallas I see everyone else's suffering going on around me you know I see that guy that's that's under the bridge i thirty five and He's just asking if you, if I have some water. You know, I see the guy on the corner of 183 and Capitol, Texas, near the domain in Austin, and I, I don't have anything to give them. I don't have any money because, well, I don't have any cash on me. It's all in my card. And it's one of those things where God God granted me a gift that I'm still yet to understand. Um, it's something that I deal with, with everyone, and that's this extreme, extreme gift of, of empathy. And it's something that I don't... I, I have to distinct it, and I have before, but I will again. I have to distinct it from what people today call empathy. It's not just one of those things where you feel what the other person is feeling even to the extent understand what the other person is going through but the level of empathy that i have it's it runs so deep to the level of somebody else's soul that i'm stood here claiming yes i understand you when even i'm asking myself okay i understand this person how do i understand this person like i don't get it and i've recognized it now that it it, it is a gift. And there are certainly many things that come along with that, such as uh, heightened emotions, which sucks <laughs> because it feels like the emotions of my soul are like five times harder to, to remove than the emotions of my heart. So if something's weighing heavy on my soul or my soul is in distress, then I can't just like listen to music to get it out. I can't even, Sometimes I can't even just kick a soccer ball to get it out. At that end, really, the only thing that works is is bringing it to God and and just sitting in church and just having that company with Him. But from that gift, which I sometimes call a curse, from that gift, a lot of my comparisons stemmed because I created so much trouble, and then I looked at everyone else around me and saw that I'm creating trouble. And there's people out there whose lives are exponentially worse than mine. And so when I looked back at myself in the mirror, I couldn't find any goodness. I couldn't find how I was worthy. And I, I felt like I wasn't enough. I felt like I was I was a dead failure because I couldn't. It was it was even to the point where it just felt like I couldn't do anything right. I couldn't do anything right. When I try to fix my behavior. It always falls short. It was never enough, and it, I especially felt like no one could change me, not even God. I mean, statistically, at the t- I don't know if y'all had demerits at your school. We did. <laughs> yeah, I I'm pretty sure I still to this day hold the most demerits. Really? Of that school. And I was only was? there from 4th grade to 8th grade. Jeez. I think I had somewhere in the high 20s to low 30s. From 4th grade to 8th grade, dude. Okay. The lowest amount of demerits I had was my 7th grade year, which was 7. Which isn't bad. Or sorry, it was 4. It was 4. 7th grade, I had 4 demerits. But the year after, I think I had like like 11 or or 14 in 6th grade at like 12 or 13 or something. It was huh. I I don't even know, bro. I don't even know. It's like I it's like I got them without trying, you know what I mean? And like I openly labeled myself as as a troublemaker. I I openly labeled myself as as multiple things as as like a player as a romantic and just someone who created that sort of drama for whatever reason. Maybe it's because I like the attention that came with it. Maybe because I just, again, because I said I was bored. or, But for whatever reason, every time I would get in trouble, I would beat myself up for it. And I would call myself stupid, a failure, unworthy, all of those things, down to the smallest thing, down to the smallest thing, like i can't think of like a really small example right now but say say i forgot to i mean this is this is this still happens but say i forget to lock the door f- to to the house when i leave when i come back and i realize oh shoot i messed up like my world at that time my world would fall apart
1: hmm.
0: it would just crumble because I was like dude i i, I messed up I can't I can't get anything right even worse when I make a huge mistake you know even worse when I make a huge mistake so there came a point and this I mean that's something that I still work with that trying to tell myself that it's okay to not talk down on myself and not to sweet talk myself but just to to be straight up and be honest that's something I'm still learning because I know I'm not dumb. I know I'm not an idiot. I know I'm not a fool. But it's still so ingrained in me. And I think part of this actually comes off from being being an athlete. And I think, in, I mean, Andy knows this for sure, that as athletes, like, we could be really, really tough on ourselves. And sometimes it gets really, really hard to not call ourselves that sort of names. Even if we know, okay, we're not like that. Yeah. You know? And sometimes it's a point where it's like, okay, whether you mean it or not, like you're putting that out there and that's coming back to you. And with me, that happened so many times that it just it became that defining point. And there came a point where my dad said, you say you're this and that, but what are you going to do about it? And that was one of the, one of the bigger turning points I think, is, is realizing, okay, enough of the chit-chat. Like, let's, let's get to doing something. And that was, I mean, that helped me move forward enough to, to move on from that phase of, like, okay, I'm a troublemaker. I can take this last year of eighth grade and move on and just do my own thing. But in eighth grade, my girlfriend at the time she was the one who made me realize my worthiness she was my best friend at the time and we got too far ahead or i got too far ahead of myself i would say and i put too much of myself in that i didn't have i didn't have enough at that time yet i mean we're in eighth grade you know eighth grade middle schoolers they have all their fantasies and they want to you know go off and do their own thing yeah i wasn't exempt from that but i took it way too literally and my, my, my problem with lust at the time got in the way. And it, it became super toxic, and it just wasn't good. I promised her as a friend that I wouldn't ever hurt her. I would never hurt her. And I ended up doing so. And coming off of that that I'm a troublemaker mindset, having like just barely gotten better from that, realizing like oh i effed up bad that wrecked me that completely wrecked me and we thought that we had like a love that could push out all the bad stuff but i mean you're in eighth grade like Mm. it's it, it doesn't work like that and so we obviously we had to break up and eventually we stopped talking to each other and that just put me in the depths like that was the worst eight to ten months of my life literally everything was so dark i hated literally everything literally everything even god who i turned to for refuge like in mass i was just always sad when i went to bed at night i was crying always and like yelling into my pillows And the funny thing was I wasn't even mad that my girlfriend broke up with me or my girlfriend at the time or whoever, even that I lost a friend. I think what I was more so mad about is that I wasn't good enough. It was a pride thing, I think,
1: Hmm.
0: that I said that I wouldn't hurt her, and I did exactly that because I was too young, I was too naive, and... I couldn't help but feel like i i failed that that's what i was that i wasn't enough that i wasn't worthy to receive love that i wasn't worthy to give love and then there was just just one morning in the summertime from like eighth grade to freshman year before high school where i heard a voice say get up said get up and I was like laying in my bed at a home and it was like ten thirty or something and like the sun's like shining through the blinds and, and stuff and I hear the words get up and get up just to like get out of bed. Get up. But then I realized like no, okay. I have to get up. Like I I have to get up now. There has to come a time where I have to get up from this this lowly state. Right, from feeling from toiling over these same emotions again and again and again. And I just got up and I smelled like Belgian waffles and bacon and <laughs> amazing breakfast. So I was like, <clears throat> shoot, today's gonna be a good day. And like that, that was a really good day. And that was probably one of the like the biggest turning points in my life. And granted, all of this happened in middle school. Which is so crazy to me because with a lot of my other friends, even if you want to take my, my current girlfriend, Alora, like she just had such a recent conversion. Whereas I had a conversion at a very young age that I'm still trying to pick apart. So I just, I don't know. I find that for an interesting point for me, like that, okay, I had my little come to Jesus moment at like such a young age, Right. And it's, it's to the point now where I don't keep touch with almost any of my middle school friends. I mean, there's a few, like one or two. And they're actually some of, like, my best friends, the ones that I kept in touch with. But I realized, like, nothing, nothing that happened, all the things that I did that were wrong, not that they don't matter. Of course they matter, but... What matters more is that I realized at my lowest low, Jesus still died to save me out of perfect love. I think one of the most beautiful sort of scenes that I've written down is that God will always call you to his table, no matter what you think of yourself, no matter what other people think of you, no matter what anyone says or even your closest friends or even your family, what they think of you. God's going to continue continuously call you to his table until you sit and dine with him at his table. And I think, I don't know, I've just, because we've been reading a lot of Dante, the, the big thing that jumps out is like, there will come a time when that call will stop, <laughs> you know? And for me, whenever I was in that that, like, I call it the, not the void, not the valley either. The dump. That's what I call it. The dump. <laughs> You're just in the, in, in the right, and it's, it's just this depression that your soul feels like it just can't get out of. And I'm not saying that it's like clinical depression. I've, I've experienced that via other people as well. But, This is more so the the distress of the soul, the dark night of the soul, the one like Mother Teresa went through. Maybe I didn't go through such a long time compared to her. But for what it is, there comes a point where we all have that dark night, you know. For me, the way I coped with it was through yelling at God. I just yelled at him like when I was really and I didn't understand. I still do this. When I didn't understand and I was upset, I would I, I yell at God. I yell at God because I know that He's just like God is so great, and God is so good that if I come to Him angry and upset with these things that I need to tell him to get off my chest because I don't understand, He's gonna take that and he'll be okay. You know, it's just like a toddler. Who's upset and like hitting his dad because something didn't happen, and the dad's just like, ooh, 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 you know, just he takes the hits, but he still loves the child with everything. That 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 connection that I kept with him was vital. Because that's that was what kept me close with him throughout the times when I didn't have it. And I, I honestly think that if I wasn't angry at God. And I didn't think that I had enough license to be angry with him and to talk to him and to bring those things to him continuously. I don't think I would have the same relationship that I do with him now because it's too often do we see that people who go through tragic things and don't bring them to God fall away from that. because we think we can't be angry with him or we think that God won't understand. Just because we don't understand what's going on. And it's one of those things where, again, just in in that deep suffering, I looked around me and I saw just how lost everyone else around me was. I had friends who, especially one friend who was going through a very, very scary suicidal season. It was almost every week that she would not threaten, but she would say that she's going to do something. And pretty often, I would call and check up to make sure, hey, are you okay? Are you okay today? Are you doing better today? Making that suggestion to get a therapist, making that suggestion to tell an adult. Because too often, we, we bottle these things up and it was in that experience with myself, that experience with my friends, and and seeing the general suffering of the world. That's that's what this podcast was born out of. That's why we say that we we want a journey with you guys. Because I know for me, when when I'm on this journey, the hardest times have been when I feel alone. Because when I feel alone, I feel like I can't do anything like I don't have any support and yeah maybe I know God has my back but there's a difference because God made us for relationship and as it is it's pretty hard to get a steady relationship to feel a steady relationship to God but it's more tangible for us to have the relationship with one another the relationships with our friends and our our family and so that's why I say when I'm weak, I know I'm strong. It's because when I was weak, it's, it's through my weakness that God proved that I am strong. Because at a point where I wanted to give up, I didn't.
1: Mm.
0: And that, that verse, if you guys haven't read it yet, 2 Corinthians 12, 8-10. Three times I begged the Lord about this, that it might leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness, in order that Christ's power may dwell in me. Therefore, I am content with weakness, insult, hardship, persecutions, and constraints for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And I I represent that everywhere. And... You know, sometimes I feel like I can be overdramatic or sometimes I feel like I can be too emotional. And like I said, you know, I, I kind of call those things curses sometimes. But when I recognize that they are a gift and when I recognize that, okay, these aren't just a gift, but these are gifts like that we're meant to master. There There are things about ourselves that we don't like that are inherently there. And that's okay. It's not something that we should remove. It's something that we should learn to, to master and not let it master us. You know, Obviously, I'm still 19. I've got a long way to go. Uh, but I'll, I'll use that to my advantage. I'll use that to my advantage. And I know that I'm weak. I know that I, I can't do it on my own. But to be honest, if it wasn't for God, I don't know where I would be. I don't know where I would have ended up. I don't know what I would have been doing, but I know for sure I wouldn't have been playing soccer. I wouldn't have gone to the University of Dallas. I wouldn't have made this podcast. And I wouldn't have met such amazing friends who have helped me get through one of the most difficult years of my life. And so what I would want to impart to you guys about My testimony is don't ever count yourself out. Don't ever count yourself out. And I mean that in every aspect of life. If there's something you want to do, you can do it. If there's something that you want to get, you can get it. It's a matter if you want to put your mind to it. It's a matter if you want to commit to it and when you put that in the scope of god well things will get harder things will get exponentially harder but god won't ever let you drown god won't ever let you drown my favorite gospel passage is peter walking on the water hmm. because there's many times where you know god god has he's allowed me and enabled me to do amazing things all credit to him no credit to me Simon didn't take any credit for walking on the water. He didn't say, look, I'm walking on the water. He walk, He just walked on the water while hearing Christ tell him, keep your eyes on me. And there came a point when he fell in and he started drowning, but he didn't perish. He didn't pass away. And, and so often is that the case with me, where I'm on a high, I feel like I'm doing great. I feel like I'm doing great things. And then I start drowning. And there comes a point where I just remember him. He pulls me up and he says, oh, you of little faith. Because to be honest, guys, I I have quite a small faith. I'd like to say that my faith is the side of a mustard seed. For a while, I didn't understand that, but I... I do believe that my faith is the size of a mustard seed. The only difference is that I just put everything I have into that mustard seed. I put all my marbles into that one basket. And the reason I do that is because I know if I do it, nothing bad will happen, or nothing bad will become of me, more so, even if bad things happen. Any you got anything?
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely... A a few things I didn't want to. I didn't want to cut you off that there because, um, yeah, because it was that was awesome, super inspiring to be able to hear that and not only watch but just to you know see you go deep into that. You know what I mean? That's that's what is I appreciate. awesome about being a part of this team is that you know I like everybody else gets to hear, but right now I got to I got to see that. So that <laughs> was that was pretty cool. Appreciate it. Um, I think. I think it's crazy how and it's it's tough to understand but I think the the biggest thing I can probably get out of it is just whenever those moments of of like suffering come or where we're just thinking like oh I don't I don't know I don't think I can do this or or that and we notice a it's like a hole that's in your heart that yeah. you that you that you realize is there and it's like what am I supposed to fill this with mm. And that's what it was like to me. Like I found a lot of similarities with with your story and with mine. I, I found myself too many times being like, Okay, let's do let's do like a little inventory check and then I'm like, wait, I'm not where I wanna be right now. Mm. Like I'm not. Like yeah. I'm not I'm not ready to die because if I did then it's not looking good for me. <laughs> yeah. So no, yeah. then I just I just realized like yeah, like there are these like at different times obviously, but like there are these little holes and then I'm like, okay, great. There's a hole. like, what am I going to fill it with? And then mm-hmm. more often than not, I'd choose the wrong thing. Um, and then I just realized, like, this whole time um, that it was just turning to God, turning to Christ, and just be like, hey, I have a hole. How are you going to fill it? Like, fill it with whatever you want. And it doesn't really make it easier, but I just realized that there's a lot more peace and realizing that, like, it's going to be okay. And it's kind of like what you were saying, where we we were saying earlier about, um the soccer thing it's like yeah this isn't going to be forever yeah and as much as we enjoy it as much as like it's one of the greatest joys that we both get to share yeah of like being out on the field together as like a family of 11 guys and 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 all that 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 doesn't last forever Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing for the negatives it's like as tough as it is doesn't last forever doesn't last forever
0: yeah And it's, I mean, add there, like, it's not just the point of, like, all right, like, this is a big thing that I, Father, that I remember, Father Mike in one of his homilies, it's like, don't ask God to, like, all right, Lord, like, take this from me. Ask him to help you get through it. Yeah. Because it's necessary. Every, every bit of your journey is necessary. I don't regret the things that have happened. If I went back and would I... Would I change how I would do it? I would. I would advise myself if I could. But to be honest, if I didn't make those decisions, if I didn't make those mistakes, if those things didn't happen, I don't end up where I'm at. Yeah. And it's certainly one of the hardest things for us to to come to terms with because no one wants to be living with regret. But that's that's what God does. He takes our broken pieces. And he turns us into beautiful sculptures. He takes our dust and turns us into diamonds. That's what he does. That's how he's glorified. He takes the lowly and he lifts them up. He knocks kings off of thrones. He does things that we don't even understand because he's God. We're not meant to understand him. That's okay. We're just... We're just meant to live, and when we realize, okay, God's asking me to do this one thing, we do it. Yeah. And when the outcome isn't what we expected, as hard as it, as hard as it is to
1: be obedient, we ought to be. Yeah. No, I I remember. Th- I don't I don't know why I like remember this story, um, but I I might have might have told you before, but it was this one time that. I went to Philadelphia, this one mission site that we were talking about that last time. Um, And I'm carrying this like really heavy cross. Okay. Just so that people can like see and kind of see some, see the cross and be like, hey. That's actually, that's actually really sick. No, it's so cool. It's awesome. Uh, But this one was, and usually it's like a little piece of wood, like two pieces of wood, like wrapped together or like tied together with some rope. But these were logs. Oh my goodness. So freaking heavy. It was Were you the only one carrying it? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, oh, wow. I was, I was, I was like, I want to carry this for myself. <laughs> um, but I remember at one point, it got really heavy, and I was just like, dang, this is what Jesus felt whenever he was, mm. whenever he was carrying his his burden, his weight up to yeah. Calvary. And I had, I I had said this little prayer, and I was like, Jesus, like, in this moment, like, let me carry some of the weight mm. for you. And I, was, and I was just like, I just want, I just felt so like, present in the moment, and I was just like, I get to walk with Jesus, carry some of the weight of the cross that, you know, that he chose to take all of for me, so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna, you know, unite myself to the cause, like, go team, (laughs) help him out, and then immediately, as soon as I think of that, like, immediately, as soon as I was like, Jesus, like, let me do this for you, he was just like, nah, dude, like, I've got this, you carry your own cross. And I was just like, bro, you know, <laughs> like I was <laughs> like, oh my gosh, it was such a crazy. deep experience. But it's yeah. just like, yeah, like there is a mission, you know what I mean? There is work to be done, and at the same time, it's like, I don't know, I, I don't. It's it's hard to it's hard to say, but like there is like we're we're here for a, p- a purpose, yeah. And, and like it's all about using our talents, using our gifts, because there are other people that need that. Oh, for sure, for sure. And I think that's
0: that's the big message that we try to we try to put here, right? we got we got a journey we got a job to do and we just hope that we can help you guys along in that impart our experiences our quote-unquote wisdom the things that we've learned and just relay that to you guys and help you guys in y'all's journey that's that's really it i mean the last thing that i really want to put out this is a really important uh announcement that i'm putting on the end here and we're also going to start putting at the beginning of all the other Episodes, but we're gonna start opening up donations, and I will put more information out on how to do that on the Instagram and in the coming in the coming episodes, and we're hoping that we can start bringing in a bit of a bit of money. So in that way, if you guys want guests, then we would love your help to get other guests on here to get more people on here because we we love doing this. I I know I certainly do and I I really love doing this and it would it would really help us out if we can get some 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 funds to to keep expanding and keep growing. So thank you guys. We love y'all and we'll see y'all next week. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Peace.